1: Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. I know
2: people for the Stefan Diggs trade. You look at the different analytical sites and they pretty much had them both even at 9 wins each. But if you take today, I mean you look at the additions that have been made. Diggs, Josh Norman, the seven free agents, the pass rush has been helped. I think that you can look at them now as a 10-win
1: team where you look at the Patriots and they haven't done anything. I mean, yeah, they brought in seven players,
3: but
2: I mean, you, you look at this all special teams players, backups and uh, a fullback and it's like, you know, they spent like a total 11 and to 12 million dollars where, you know, just a one or two players, the Bills came close to that.
4: John Clayton, weekly guest here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Sal Capaccio with you. Hey, we survived three hours. We got two more. This is going by quick, isn't it? Just wait till Monday. It's going to go by even quicker. So we're going to do some fun stuff on Monday as well. We're going to have some great guests for you on Monday. But also, you know what I'm going to do on Monday? I have a list here I've been making. Right here, I have a list of... Right now, it's up to eight shows, eight different shows I've watched through the self-quarantine period, or actually, one was just a little before that, so I cheated a little bit on that, but I had to throw it in there. And I'm going to give you like basically my review of them, good or bad, different things that's gone that have gone on. So I'll do that. I will watch. I will tell you the shows I've watched, the good ones. I've, I I only really put the ones that I'm going to recommend, and I'll give you my review of why I recommend them. So we'll do that on Monday when we come back here for another five hours from 10 to 3. In the meantime, we're here for a couple more hours, taking you up the show up in the Bulldogs. Sal Capaccio here on WGR Sports Radio 550. It's Sal Sports Radio. I'm just going to call it that. We're going to rebrand it. going to call intercom, radio.com, Sal Sports Radio. I don't care what they say. That's what we're going to call it. And Sal Sports Radio always includes Josh Reed at some point, right? So the Channel 4 Sports Director joins me right now on the West Her Hotline. What's going on, brother? Oh, no, he's not? He's not there yet. Okay, I thought you had him. All right, well, see, that's what happens. We're going to get Josh here on in a second. 803-0550-888-550-2550, the number to call. All right, so once we do that, though, we will talk with Josh about one of the questions I've been asking everybody, which is, what is your go-to horse move? No dunking allowed. I have received a lot of different responses on Twitter on this. A lot of GIFs of Larry Bird or somebody standing on a chair, somebody doing something. So we'll do that now. All right. I, I prematurely welcomed him in. I'm going to do that now, though. Josh Reed, Channel 4 Sports Director. Join me now on the Western Hotline. What's going on, Josh? How you doing, buddy?
2: My dude. I deserve two welcomes, right? Yeah, you do. I, I don't know. I, I had some problems with my connection there, but we're good
4: to go now. Okay. So what is your go-to horse move if you're playing horse in the gym or the backyard or something, you're going to do this horse thing with these NBA and WNBA players this weekend. What's your go-to horse move?
2: You know what? I got really good. I, I played basketball through throughout high school. Not that I got really good at it, but I was good enough. I was serviceable. Um, so I played a ton of horse. I, was, I got really good at the shot from the corner behind the backboard over the corner of it. So if you're off to the side but behind the backboard, shooting it up over the backboard and nothing but net. I got actually pretty good at it.
4: That's awesome. Mine is bouncing it off from the foul line. I stand at the foul line and get one bounce up and in.
2: Oh, that's that's good.
4: Yeah. I'm looking forward to this thing on uh, Sunday, though, this horse contest. There's eight different players, four different matchups, and then they're going to go into, uh, like, you know, Paul Pierce is going to be a part of it and uh Chris Paul some WNBA players and then they're going to dwindle it down to Thursday and it's a real thing and I just think it's very cool and funny and fun.
2: Yeah, I mean at this point I think we're all so thirsty for any kind of athletic competition that it's I mean I catch myself all the time watching these old sports, you know, the throwback final four games and you know it, and it's fun to kind of look back and watch them but It will be nice to kind of see some current athletes, you know, playing. And even though it's just a game of horse, it kind of signifies a lot more to sports fans just to be able to watch guys compete a little bit.
4: No doubt about it. Uh, Let's uh, stay on a little personal here before we get to the football stuff. How are you and the family holding up? And I know, uh, you know, you just got married. You have a, a child on the way. So you're in a little different boat than a lot of people. How's everybody holding up and how you doing with it all?
2: Everybody's good, knock on wood. Um, you know, it's not like, unlike anybody else, you know, there's days when you go, okay, you know, this is going to be fine. Everything's going to be good. And then there are moments where you catch yourself going, wow, you know, when does, when does anything get back to normal? You know, and you, you start wondering, and when it does get back to quote unquote normal, what does that even look like? And, you know, it's not like, unlike anyone else, you, you ride the wave of emotions. I mean, I just, I just left the grocery store. I mean, we had done a really good job of getting groceries delivered, um, which I thought was pretty good, and it was was not that expensive and kind of helped keep that social distancing a thing. And holy cow, I just walked into a grocery store and spent an hour in there, and it was jam-packed. By the time we left, there was a line outside to get in to the grocery store. It was, it was insane. And it's so hard to social distance when you're in a grocery store. Um, you know, so you walk down an aisle to go get something and people are walking by and it's, you do the best that you can. And, you know, I never thought, (laughs) I never thought I'd be that guy, but I am now the, my in-laws made, um, they have a sewing kit and they made some masks and they Mm. shipped them to us. And, Today, when I was in the grocery store, my wife and I, we, ate, we had
4: our masks on. And, yep.
2: you know, it's, 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 uh, it's a strange reality right now that we're living in.
4: No doubt about it. And, um, you know, having a child on the way, I'm sure that it makes you leave it even more apprehensive and protective of everything, I'm sure.
2: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I will say this. My station, um, you know, Channel 4 has done a really nice job of uh, allowing us to work from home you know, do a lot of stuff. I'm able to do 90% of my job from home before I get into work so that when I do get into work, it's walk out into the studio, do the on-air stuff, get back in my car and leave. <laughs> um, so it's been and, – and there's never more than one person in the sports department at a time. And our cleaning staff, man, I can't begin to tell you how – you talk about MVPs. Right. Yeah. I and mean, they're – there they're there. It seems like they never leave and they do just an awesome job. And, and uh yeah, so, you know, everybody's just kind of doing their best. I mean, and obviously I know you guys are in that same boat where you're doing most of your stuff from home now. And that's just yep. the way it is.
4: Yeah. I'm in the uh, update booth today. I'm not even in the main studio. You know, I come in here, I'm in the update booth, which is not used as much these days. And, you know, used to be used a lot more back in the day, so that's how I'm doing the show today. We got Brayton. He's There's a hallway and a room separating us. I can still see him through two different things of glass, but, you know, we're not interacting. We're doing our best, and, um, you know, I, I opened the show up today, Josh, by asking a question to my listeners and online, which is, have you realized that sports plays too much of a role in your life throughout all this, or have you gone the other way and realized how much more you need it in a positive way. Now, you and I, we make a living in sports. I don't think it's fair for us to answer this question the same way people who don't make their living in sports. But I I don't judge on either of that. If someone said, hey, I had to take a step back, I, I've realized that maybe I should take a step back from sports after all this. Or other people may say, boy, I realize how much I need them. I don't think there's a right answer. Obviously, it's to each his own, but I respect either there.
2: Yeah, I think everybody's got their own journey. And I will say this, and this is... I'm basing this purely off of what I read on social media. Uh, I, I think that everyone initially went into this whole process, me included, thinking, you know what, this is, this is going to be a good time for me to disconnect a little bit and, and connect with some stuff that, you know that I need to kind of get back and dive back into and get myself. And that lasted for about six minutes. And then I was like, "Wait, where's sports? <laughs> where, where, where? Where? Hey, where's the next game? Where can I find? The, when's the Masters? You know, I find my, I'm like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna really get back into, you know, practicing my guitar. I'm gonna get, and then you know, I find myself painting the baby's room. So that's not the same. Right. That wasn't that kept, that wasn't what the stuff I was wanted to dive into.
4: No, I, I hear you on that. And then. What I've realized, and, and you tell me where you are in this, I, you and I are very similar. Obviously, we're very good friends, but we're about the same age. Uh, we played high school sports growing up. We've been around athletics our whole life. People mean a lot to us. People, in general, just mean a lot to us. And I, I found myself thinking this this week, especially about after what happened with a dear friend of mine, Coach Tony Percival, who, by the way, thank you very much, your station, put something online about his passing. You know, it's about the relationships, really. It's not just about missing the sports. I miss seeing you guys. I miss seeing my colleagues down at One Bill's Drive. I miss getting together and doing things around sports, going to a sports bar and watching games. Not even the professional side, which, of course, I miss covering them. I miss the human interaction and the camaraderie of what it brought to me.
2: So We are are cut from the same cloth when it comes to that because that – just like you said, you can Zoom all you want to Zoom, and, and that's great. And trust me, that has been very helpful. I mean, our wives and you and I, we recently did something with with Heather Prusak, the newest member of the yep. Channel 4 Sports Department, and John Scott, and we kind of had a, a couple's date night via Zoom. Yep. And, and that was it was great because it was at least a little sense, a little taste of, socializing, you know, so that was nice. But man, just you know, you miss being around like you said, being at one bill's drive and it's gonna be so strange this year that the draft is gonna come and we're not gonna all be at one bill's drive in the buzz that gets created in the room and you know, everybody's talking about every pick that goes off the board within the media members and you know, you're sitting around and, you know, the, as soon as the live shots come on for the TV, it we're all lined up in a row and, you know, the lights come on and we're all loud and we're all speaking over each other. And it's going to be weird. It's just going to be so strange that first round, like, granted, this year would have been different anyways because the Bills didn't, don't have a first round pick. Um, but, yeah, just being down there for the dra- draft and, and this year. You know, going to be covering it now from, you know, the station. And quite frankly, most people are going to be covering it from home.
4: Yeah, and the draft is one of my favorite times of year, one of the favorite weekends to go down there and be down there with everybody. And, you know, we're all there putting in long hours and we're talking with each other. And I always I described it on the air like we're like a family. We all fight about things and we all love each other about things, right? I mean, we, we talk about our golf game and then someone says, don't talk about your golf game. And then we give each other uh, garbage about one thing and then we hook up front on something else. It's like a big family and that's that's really what it's all about.
2: Yeah, it's a, a, you know, it's a brotherhood and a sisterhood, and yeah, and I mean, there's there are very few things as gratifying as, like you said, putting in that long day at one Bill's Drive, and you know, and, and then at the end of the day, when all the live shots are done, and everybody has their stories up on the web, and you just crack a beer, you know, a bunch of us usually sit around, and we'll have a beer, and just kind of chat, and talk about everything, and it just it's going to be different not having that. It's, and I mean, look. At the end of the day, you know, we're, we're sitting here, and you know, yeah, we're complaining because this this impacts our real life. But uh, we also understand that there are far worse issues that people are are going through right now. We both get that, but it's just you know, for us personally, you know, it's it's something that. I really thought Nate Geary, one of your coworkers, had a good point when the whole golfing thing, Mm -hmm. they put the kibosh on it, and he said, look, you know, I love golf because I fell in love with it a couple of years ago because it was a stress relief for me. Something that I do that makes me not think of everything else. You and I, that's part of our work. You know, part of our work is we get to cover sports. We're lucky because that's a little bit of an escape, and I know... That, that sounds weird that work is a little bit of an escape, but it is for us. So not having that, that draft is kind of that outlet that we would normally have to just kind of get away and, you know, kind of put your mind on other things. And, and you know, and it's a shame that, you know, the golf stuff was taken away. And I get it. Don't get me wrong. I mean, at the end of the day, right. missing out on a couple of rounds of golf versus flattening the curve and getting, it, getting everybody healthy again, that's, that's obvious. It's a no-brainer which one is more important. But there is that mental health side of things for a lot of people that, you know, golf and, you know, and, and in our case, you know, covering the draft even, you know, there's an escape to that.
4: No, that's right. And like I said, it's the escape mentally. It's the camaraderie physically, even if you're standing apart from each other, just being able to see somebody you haven't seen, check up on them, and things like that. Josh Reed joining me, Channel 4, WIVB in Buffalo sports director. Uh, how do you, um, how do you go about covering sports when there's no sports to cover? Josh, what do you do? You know, we, we have to talk for three, four hours and we're doing things like this. We're bringing people like you on We're you know, just talking about the situation. We have our own challenges, but for TV people, they rely on highlights. They rely on press conferences. None of that's going on. How do you do it?
2: Well, we we're very fortunate because for years now, even going back before I got here five years ago, um, We've gone to the NFL scouting combine, and then every year we'll count 30 days back from the first round of the NFL draft, and we'll do a 30 prospects in 30 days series where every 6 o'clock news we profile one of the prospects. And it's great because you do your best to look at 30 guys that the Bills are definitely going to kind of hone in on, maybe a position of need. A little trickier this year because – we go to the combine and we interview Caleb on chase on, right? Outside linebacker. Oh, that'd be an interesting fit, right? Well, he's going to go in the first round. He's not going to be hanging around in the mid fifties. So there were some guys that we did come back with that you go, Oh, right, this guy would have been great, but the bills aren't going to draft him. So, but you still, it's great because you get to profile and kind of give viewers an idea of, okay, now I can put a face with that name and, you know, maybe the Bills will be interested in that. So, you know, we do that. We've been profiling guys. And then, obviously, the Bills have been tremendous. I mean, they've given us, you know, Brandon Bean and Josh Allen and Isaiah McKenzie. And, you know, I was able to get on with, Zoom with um, Stephen Hauschka the other day and just to kind of check in and see how he's been and how all this has impacted him and his workout routine. Because, to me, if there's one position that can – you know self-isolate the kicker that's all they do is self-isolate
4: <laughs> yeah, that's right, right. Yeah, that's right yeah that's a good way so, i got i got reed ferguson coming on at the top of the hour and be like dude at least you can long snap to like a a bottle topper you know a bottle or a can you can place something you know like like a, a quarterback thrown into um you know a tire at least you could do something like that as a long snapper
2: yeah exactly so there are a couple of positions that it like like i said like field goal kicker i mean you go out there and Put it on a tee. I mean, we. How often do we see him inside Adbro? And he's got it teed up, and he's just by himself kicking anyway. So
4: hey, I had um, I I had John Harris on the uh, Houston Texans sideline reporter uh, before you last hour. We had a really good discussion about the DeAndre Hopkins trade. and Then we transitioned into the Stefan Diggs trade. Now now that we're removed from both, I, as you as your sports analyst, put your sports analyst hat on as the, you know, looking across the entire league, not just the Bills. You know, what do you think about all of that and DeAndre going for what he went through for, Stephon Diggs going for what he went for and how it shapes the AFC?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, and then, you know, and even a bigger picture than that, how about, how about Cooks getting traded reportedly, right? How about three, like, legit veteran wide receivers that are really good all, all on different teams now, and all being traded for draft picks. Well, obviously, I know, I know that David Johnson was was in that in that trade as well. But yeah, you know, I, DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know what Bill O'Brien is doing. It, it's it's really, really interesting. And I had a chance to cover Bill O'Brien when I was covering Penn State, and uh, and he was down there. And I I like Bill, but some of his personnel moves. You know, he has a lot of power down there in Houston, and, um, and he's, he's calling the shots. So if they work, he's going to get all the praise, and if they don't, he's going to get all the blame. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I, I was perfectly comfortable with what the Bills gave up to get digs, and I know that there's not really a middle ground on that. People either are fine with it or they just think it's a terrible deal. They gave up way too much. Um, I, I'm fine with it because the way I look at it is they, they, they believed that at 22 they were not going to get gar- – it was not going to be guaranteed that they were going to get an impact receiver that was a number one guy. And, and I, I agree with that. I think that this is a great wide receiver class. But there's always, there's always an unknown with a rookie. There's always an unknown with a draft pick. There is no unknown with Diggs, right? There's no one known. Mm-hmm. We, we know exactly what Stephon Diggs is. Now, we're still finding out what Josh Allen is, right? So we're hoping that Josh Allen can continue to grow. And But I look at it this way. Stephon Diggs makes Josh Allen better. This is an investment in Josh Allen. I don't know that a rookie wide receiver comes in and makes Josh Allen better just because he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that happens. And with the way this is all shaping up, they now have a veteran-wide receiver who has been there, done that, knows what it takes to get ready for an NFL season, right? So if the preseason shrinks, they lose OTAs, and they lose these mini camps. Well, a rookie doesn't know. They don't know. There's all this unknown. Stephon Diggs, he knows what it takes to get ready. If, it ta- if they have two weeks to get ready for – Week one of the season, he's he's gonna. you've got to believe he's going to come in ready, knowing what it takes to be ready for week one of the season.
4: I agree. John Harris said the same thing. He said, you know, at least a veteran, you, you can get by. You don't have to be on completely same chemistry, same page. If you tell a veteran, hey, when he does this, you do that, you can get on the same page by kind of getting your way through it, so to speak. You know what I mean? You don't have to have all those reps. Sure, you want them, but look, the Bills aren't the only team like this. They're in the same boat as a lot of teams, but the, the advantage the Bills have is – they got everybody coming back. They're O.C., they're quarterback, the terminology, and Stephon's the only one that's got to learn it.
2: And, and I know it's comparing apples to oranges a little bit, but see see if you can kind of make this connection with me. Hey, what do we see in these, these Pro Bowl games all the time, right? These guys have never practiced together. Right. But guess what? They're really good. Right. They're, veteran. they're veterans. They're veterans. They know. They can go out. They, hey, you know, they, the, the terminology is going to be different, but – they're going to get on the same page, and I mean, I, I know that it's a stretch. I get it. Pro Bowl, there's no defense being played. But I don't know. To me, especially the way this preseason is shaping up and lack of preseason and things getting condensed, I'm, I am am way more comfortable if I'm Brandon Bean having gigs coming in versus, I don't know, you name a guy, T. Higgins, right? Right. If
4: it's T. Higgins,
2: T. Higgins doesn't – doesn't know what the inside of an NFL locker room looks like.
4: Great point. It's a great point. It's not just the on field stuff. It's what goes on, how to handle yourself on a day-to-day basis. And if you have no acclimation process, that hurts that speed-up curve, obviously, even more. Before I let you go, Josh Reed, Channel 4 Sports Director, joining me here on the Wester Hotline on WGR. i got to have you tell the world about your son fixing a flat for the first time with you and how (laughs) fun and cool and scary, but awesome. It was. Yeah.
2: You know what? These days of quarantine, you know, you look for anything and everything uh, to do, but um, so we're in the middle of, not only we're in the middle, you know, we're getting ready to have a baby here in a month. Uh, We're also relocating and you know, we, we, my son's with us and, and we pull in and we park and my window's down because it was one of the days when it was, like, 60 and sunny out. Pull in, pull, you know, pull, pull in, and all. I had my window down, and I hear, and, I mean, I knew exactly what it was. Oh, no, that's definitely a flat tire. And, and to, ha- to be able to hear it, you know that it's a, like it's a hole. So we get out. My son looks at it, and he goes, oh, we're going to have to get get towed we're getting at it now luckily we are already at our new place so it was wasn't like we were in the middle of nowhere mm-hmm. and he goes we're gonna have to get towed and i said no 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 we're gonna get we're gonna get a uh, punch on your man card here buddy so my son's nine just turned nine years old and we we got the spare tire out of the back of my jeep and we got the jack out and he was so into it he was like this is cool and I showed him how to do it, and I mean, I, you know, I was doing it, but I let him do a couple of the cranks and showed him where everything. And he just thought it was the the greatest thing. And I let him bust a couple. I'd bust a couple of the lug nuts, and I'd let him spin it the rest of the way off. And he just he thought it was great. And it was. And then a couple of times that later that day, for instance, he, he FaceTimed time with my nephew back in Ohio, and he said, "Hey, Tyler." Now Tyler's twelve. So he's a couple years older, and he said, "Tyler, he goes, do you know how to change a to change a flat tire?" <laughs> and Tyler goes, "No," and he goes, "I do." <laughs> you know, it's that, it's that, it's that rivalry. You oh, know. Yeah. He's a couple years older, but guess what? I know how to do some man <laughs> stuff. You know what I mean? Idea. Uh, but it. he, it was great, dude. I mean, it was a, it was turning a negative into a positive, and it was something that I'll be. 60, 70 years old and I'll always remember changing a flat tire with my 9 year old.
4: No, and he'll always remember it too, man. It means a lot to him, I guarantee and he'll always remember that for a very, very long time. Of course, by the time that comes and he has to tell the story as an adult to say, let me tell you about the time that I was really young and I had to teach my dad how to fix a flat. that That's what <laughs> that's going to turn into.
2: Yeah, it will. And then, and then he'll be telling his children and they'll go what are
4: tires? <laughs> Yeah, that's right flying we'll be, we'll cars be flying by then.
2: around on some hoverboard <laughs> or something
4: crazy hey buddy thanks for joining me and uh be safe I know you will I really appreciate you coming on today
2: hey you too Sal tell the family I said hello
4: okay we will thanks a lot Josh Reed channel 4 wivb sports director in Buffalo the 2020 rules change proposals around the table from the NFL and the competition committee we'll go over some of them when we come back we'll head up to two o'clock Reed Ferguson Bill's long snapper gonna join me and Reed is doing something amazing, super cool that literally was just announced within the last half hour that I had no idea until it was announced, and we're going to talk about that with him. He was already scheduled to come on with me. Now we got something even bigger to talk about with him at 2 o'clock.
0: podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com odyssey podcast
2: the playoffs a couple of times under this coach and they've got the makings of something special and josh allen going into that third year it's a very pivotal year for him he knows it and the team knows it so i think the digs trade i think you know the addition last year of cole beasley they've got a really good solid defense i think this team is without tom brady in the division you look for a team to kind of step up into that role seems like the
4: bills have what it takes that's the voice of bob Glauber from newsday Talking about the Bills, Josh Allen, where they fit right now in the entire AFC landscape. Sal Capaccio with you, WGR Sports Radio 550, Bills long snapper Reed Ferguson set to join me at the top of the hour. He has done something pretty amazing, teaming up with Lenovo Pizza to um, provide cheap pizzas to 140 Oshai hospital workers, and that means that Reed's you know digging into his own pockets to help make this happen, and we're going to talk with him about that and a lot more, but Really cool. If you're not uh, following SnapFlow69 on Twitter, you should be. That's Rats Reed's account. You can get the video that he put out about it. It's a nice account. Yes, it's great. <clears throat> Caught me by surprise there. So the NFL has their 2020 rules change proposals that, to be honest with you, a lot of this we'd already known because if you were paying attention in March – Leading up to the owners' meetings that were canceled, then you would have seen these anyway. But maybe you didn't pay attention to them because of everything that was going on. It was like literally right at the time when all the shutdowns started, and maybe you got caught up and didn't see any of this. So I'll go through some of them right now with you. Um, these are these two are by the competition committee themselves. One to expand defensive defenseless player protection to a kickoff or punt returner who is in possession of the ball, but who has not had time to avoid or ward off the impending contact of an opponent. Interesting. So basically, I guess in that moment when a punt returner, mostly wouldn't be a kick returner as much here, except if it's short kick high in the air, a punt returner catches it in that short moment that he's standing there before he can make a move and he gets drilled. We've seen it happen a lot, right? Guy just simultaneously, boom, boom. I guess that would be a penalty now. Prevent teams from manipulating the game clock by committing multiple dead ball fouls while the clock is running. And I think this happened in some games over the last couple of years where they've had to go back and look at this. Prevent teams from manipulating the game clock by committing multiple dead ball fouls while the clock is running. I'd have to go back and look and see exactly what they mean and, where the genesis of this was. I think I remember something from a last couple of years with a couple different games like this. Uh, the Eagles have proposed four different rules. The Eagles are all over the place on this. Like, they're all over this whole thing. Four different rules from them proposed. Modify the blindside block rule to prevent unnecessary fouls. Not sure what that exactly means. Make permanent the expansion of automatic replay reviews to include scoring plays and turnovers negated by a foul and any successful unsuccessful try attempt. All right. Let me put this into perspective. I know what this means because some people have debated what this exactly means and maybe it's not that clear. So I'll explain it. So basically when there is a score in the NFL, a touchdown, uh, a two-point try, whatever, and it's automatically reviewed. We know that. That's just to make sure. Like it's just automatic review. But if there's a penalty – that calls the play back, it's not automatically reviewed. Why? Because there's a penalty that called it back. This particular proposal, I believe this is what's happening here. This particular proposal says, look, even if there's a penalty that's going to call it back, we're going to look anyway because we want to make sure if the person scored or not because that could have an impact on exactly how the penalty is enforced. It may have been called a touchdown on the field, but it might actually be a touchdown, but there's still the penalty to think about. So whether it was actually a touchdown or not, or maybe even a two-point attempt, whether it was good or not, if the person crossed the goal line, that actually impacts the call and the result of an accept or declining of the penalty. I hope I made more sense of that, but I think that's what that whole thing means. Otherwise, before it was just, hey, he scored, but you know there was a penalty, so we're not reviewing the score anyway to make sure it happened. Now they would. Another one by the Eagles. Provide an alternative to the onside kick that would allow a team was trailing in the game an opportunity to maintain possession of the ball after scoring so they would get a fourth and 15 from their 25 yard line and we've seen this before if they make the 15 yards it's a first down they keep the ball if they don't make it the other team takes it over right where the uh play ended we've heard this we've seen it the xfl did this by the way news from the xfl we'll get to in a second Also from the Eagles, restore preseason and regular season overtime to 15 minutes and implement rules to minimize the impact of the OT coin toss. I don't know which rules they want to minimize and have an impact. I agree. Just go back to 15 15 minutes for overtime, will you? 10 minutes, come on. Play a little extra to get – I know five extra minutes, guys, could get hurt. I Just give me more time to get a winner. But ties, Sal. Ties. We want more ties. Yeah. Just ridiculous.
3: I, I actually want more ties. I was being serious.
4: You do not. Yes, I do. Why? They're so unique. They're dumb. They are not dumb. You ties play, you are play 16 games a year. Give me a winner and a loser.
3: I think ties are just so unique because it doesn't happen all that much in the NFL in the first place. So, so you would eliminate happens, overtime
4: it, altogether. Just let them tie.
3: Well, I wouldn't eliminate overtime, per se. I would just I just would say, hey, you don't score in 10 or 15 minutes or whatever it is in overtime and you end in a tie, you end in a right, tie. Right, well, that's, that's what fantastic.
4: this says. But I'm saying... The the rule now is you only go ten minutes. This would put it back to fifteen, where it used to be, to give more room and, I'm, and more time. I'm totally fine with that. Okay, I'm totally. But you're fine okay with that. a tie anyway. Yeah, I, I love hate ties. ties.
3: I love <laughs> ties in the NFL. Uh,
4: the Miami Dolphins have proposed providing the option to the defense for the game clock to start on the referee's signal if the defense declines an offensive penalty that occurs late in either half. So this is just a loophole they need to close. Basically, uh, if there's a penalty on the offense right now that occurs like with a minute and a half left. The defense in the game, the game right now is supposed to start back on the um, referee signal, but the defense they're saying here can decline that and wait for the snap of the ball. I think, I believe that's what it is. So however that impacts it, I don't know why they would propose it, but that's what the rule is. It would be closing that loophole. Um, here we go by the Ravens and Chargers at a booth umpire is an eighth game official. We know that one's been out there and at a senior technology advisor, to the referee to assist the officiating crew. You know what's not on here, Brayton? Pass interference rule continuing on. And the reason why it's notable it's not on here is it was only a one-year rule. So for the pass interference rule to continue, like reviewing pass interference, it would actually have to be in the proposals for this year again, and it's not, which means it's going to go bye-bye. And I like that. I like the fact that it's going to go bye-bye. Also, nothing to do with these rules proposals, But I just told you the XFL has some news, and it's sad. The XFL is no longer. It's not just that they're suspending operations, but apparently the XFL is done, Brayton, and
3: that's sad. They don't have any plans to go on with a 2021 season, and probably with that means it's probably not going to go on ever. Man. Yeah. The five weeks was super fun. We had... You know, the Houston um, Roughnecks with P.J. Walker and Cam Phillips, former Bills receiver. They were fun to watch. D.C. was fun because they had a bunch of former Bills and former UB Bulls players on the team. And they, of course, had the beer snake, which was the greatest thing in the XFL. Lots of good storylines from that. And now, um, unfortunately, this has to happen, and it's all over.
4: So no more XFL. Doug Whaley was actually... Like, the director of football ops for that league. That is no longer. Carlos Williams said some interesting <laughs> things about Doug Whaley. In a yeah, article that's why in the he Athletic. didn't play
3: in the XFL is because of
4: Doug Whaley. <laughs> All right, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back. Uh, we'll wrap up this hour, and we're going to get to Reed Ferguson. Really cool what he's doing. Um helping out the workers of Oshai Children's Hospital. I'll let him talk more about that. going to have some fun with Reed as well and talk about his offseason, how it's going, what he's doing right now through this entire situation, how they're handling things with him and the team and all of that interaction, and maybe a little bit of The Office, the show, The Office, a little office trivia with Reed. He's a big office savant, so we'll uh, do that with him as well. But we'll come back here for a couple of minutes before we get to Reed here on WGR.
3: This is uh, Somebody Called My Mama from Brodus Clay. It's the uh, theme song for Brodus Clay, WWE.
4: Oh, okay. Wouldn't know much about that. How you handling everything, man? How you and your wife doing? Hey, we're doing all right. We're still yeah. working. That's right. Yep. You live down in Springville. Yep. Um, but, you know, how's it, how's it down there? Like how, you know, family, friends, what's it like in Springville these days?
3: Uh, it's, it, surprisingly enough, it seems like it's still pretty active i mean obviously businesses and everything are taking the precautions with everything with going on with COVID 19 so things are a little bit less active that way but a lot more active than i thought it originally would have been
4: right well just as long as everybody's staying safe but yeah um... no
3: it seems like right now everyone's staying pretty healthy pretty safe and um it, i mean coronavirus hasn't necessarily affected areas down in the south more just because you know where we live in Springville it hasn't affected we got family that's out in Cattaraugus County that hasn't been affected really much at all so you know luckily it's hasn't gotten out too bad that way but obviously that could change on a dime so I'm so pretty thankful that everything's okay for no, the time being No that's
4: that's awesome good to hear that and it seems like um mentally you guys are good you know you you seem like you're in good spirits so you know you know you haven't you know it, it, sometimes you can tell when people check out for a little while you know what i mean so that seems as well I want to point people, too, to our website. got a couple things today I want to point you to. Number one, um, Stefan Diggs wrote something for the Players' Tribune, and it's about how much he's really into coming to Buffalo, and he's ready for it. And Brayton put something up on our website, WGR550.com, highlighting some of the quotes that he said there. Uh, But also, Brayton, you had something that I'd like to spend one minute on here before we get to a break. The scouting combine, um, the national, what do you call it, uh, for the NHL? uh, Central scouting. Central scouting rankings are finalized and out. And you did an article on that. And as of right now, and we don't know how the NHL is going to do a draft lottery based on what's going on and all that kind of stuff, but some interesting picks near the top if that's where the Sabres wind up picking. But you did the article on Central Scouting um, just real quickly, give me a, give me a minute synopsis of, of what's going on there.
3: Well, pretty much they released the top rankings for 400 prospects altogether. They've got their top rankings for goalies, for North American skaters, for international skaters, and obviously this year the, there's going to be a consensus first overall pick. That's Alexi Lafreniere from the Quebec Major Junior League. He's, he's going to be a really, really good player from the wing for several years to come, probably going to be a high-octane offensive player. Uh, and then from there, obviously, it gets a little interesting just because there could be some names that shuffle in and out, you know, from two to three to, you know, right in the middle pack there in the top ten. Top ten's a good draft this year. That's that's for sure. So currently right now, if this if they d- dictated the draft order on points percentage, let's just hypothetically say the Sabres right. would pick seventh. Okay. So, you know, after the lottery, that could obviously change or they could stay put depending on who wins. So uh, I think that. You know, the Sabres probably, I would say that they're probably going to stay put and probably take whoever falls to them and take the best player available. But there's going to be some good players that should be available to them. And, you know, it's situation where I think everyone right now is just kind of waiting on, what the NHL is going to do, and yep. and how they're going to dictate Didn't the Sabres
4: also draft seventh last year, Dylan Cousins? Yes. He was seventh overall. Yes, he
3: was seventh overall.
4: Mm-hmm. Could be in the exact same situation. All right, check that out, WGR550.com. Check out Reed Ferguson coming up next. He is the Bills' long snapper. Got a lot to get to with him, including a really cool thing that it was just announced within the last hour that he's doing, partnering up uh, with Lenovo Pizza to help out the Oshai Children's Hospital. We'll get to that as far as his offseason and other things that are going on in WGR.